Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. All right, everybody. Good morning. I am Nick Slavic. I'm the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I'm also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. I have been coming to you live for going on almost eight years now. I have never missed a week in almost eight years of doing this show. Interesting stat is the average paint business only lasts a year and a half, and this show has been going for eight years. Very proud of that sort of thing here. Thank you for all the time you guys have been spending with me. We are deep into the Mastering the Basics series. Every winter, I go through a series of uh, live shows uh, where we think really deeply about our businesses, because this is a, the time historically where people get super introspective. We have a little more bandwidth. We really like to dig in, lean in, and work on our businesses. So I go heavy into this and share every resource I have for my business. This show is no different at all. This show is about building your leadership team with clear expectations. At the end of this show, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to share with you all the job descriptions for my leadership team, uh, my steps to professionalization, and one of the biggest guiding documents. You see my poster back there above the line, below the line stuff. It's one of the key founding documents that helps me center myself as a good manager and leader. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share all those things. Uh, the second thing that I'm going to share with you at the end of this show is one of the biggest leadership lessons I have ever learned. And honestly, I learned it. I started doing it and we're having amazing results. And it's one of the, the keys to actually making a leadership team or any business run. And I'm going to share that with you at the end of this thing here. So uh, thank you everybody for watching. I appreciate it. Any question, any topic, I'll take them during the show. A um, couple bits of uh, housekeeping first. I've updated the show notes, the actual post uh, with all the font and the text and everything in there with uh, all of the current dates I have. There's about... 12 dates of events that I have in this year. Uh, Facebook and Instagram won't let me actually post that many. Like I have to have all, a thousand words or a thousand uh, characters or less in some of these show descriptions. So I just included uh, the most recent events there. If you want any information on any of the events, I've either included links or included um, people you can contact to go. They're all over the US. We're going to have the greatest time ever. Now, you're probably looking at the bottom of my screen and seeing the Painting Contractors Expo. Folks, a lot of you have been watching this show a lot of years. A lot of you have been following me a lot of years. And I give you all my resources and I typically only ask for reviews, right? You get on Google, you get on Facebook, and you give me a nice review if you've enjoyed this stuff. That's all I ask in return for this stuff because it does help me reach more people. You guys have been doing that for a long time and a lot of you have all left reviews. And I keep getting asked, what's the next thing I can do? The next thing you can do is join the PCA and join me at the expo. It is a huge ask, right? It is the Super Bowl of our industry. Um, we're going to have probably between 700 and 1,000 humans there, all the vendors uh, in our trade show from all the major uh, paint manufacturers, equipment manufacturers. Um, it is a week-long event where we do a charity project. We do intense, intense multi-day education. And this year, the biggest value proposition I can give you about this is that we have tracks for estimators, for project managers, for uh, production people, um, uh, leadership team, things like that. And we're talking about leadership team today. And uh, the kindest thing you can do for me, guys, is honestly, 
join me here. Um, not only would it mean a lot for me in the industry, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, you're going to walk away a better human, a better business owner, a better craftsperson, and you're going to have met some of the greatest human beings you will ever meet. You will be inspired and you will do different things in your business because of that. I can guarantee you there's also scholarships available for people. You got to race to get them though. Um, we, uh, the, the painting contractors association, the PCA is a 140 year old nonprofit. Um, we have a, uh, we have an investment fund and every year we carve some of that out so that we can bring people who, who couldn't normally attend the expo there because it's such an important event. So if you want any more information about that, uh, these scholarships, or we may cover your cost of going there, uh, there's an application process, things like that. You got to contact the PCA. Uh, go to their website. There's a phone number. There's an email address. There's a, a website inquiry form. Just get on there, contact the PCA and let them know. But honestly, guys, the kindest thing you can do for me is this. The education is world class. The speakers are world class. We have a keynote speaker that went through a crazy life tragedy. I've seen him speak before at another industry event. He's going to be speaking here. Literally, the audience was in tears. They were inspired. Um, I've actually changed some of the things I've done this year because of this speaker. He is going to be here as well, too. I will be giving uh, a mini keynote as well, too, as I as I typically do. Um, and I, I, I cannot I cannot talk about Expo without talking about the parties. Right. The content is world class. The humans are great. But every evening, our big industry partners take out their checkbook and they put on some of the most lavish, crazy dinners, parties, get togethers you've ever seen. You've ever seen each night. These are things that aren't, aren't even um, sometimes advertised because we talk about the content and the, and Orlando and the schedule of stuff and the awards and all this other stuff. Um, some of the greatest nights I've ever had have been at these parties with my people in this industry. So long way around to saying, I appreciate the heck out of you guys. You guys are looking for ways to give back. You guys are, a lot of you guys have already given me reviews and you say, what's next? What's next is this right here. Join me at the expo. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, you're gonna run a better business because of the humans you meet, because of the education, and because of the togetherness and get togethers uh, that you guys will have here. So please, the kindest thing you can do for me, and honestly, if you're selfish for your own business, is attend the expo. It's uh, it's an amazing time, folks. So, okay, uh, like I said, list of um, uh, Instagram, you guys are going to get the short, uh, the short list of this. You're going to see the screen share, but you're not going to see all the show notes. If you go to Facebook, um, uh, people at LinkedIn, people on YouTube watching as well too, you got to go to Facebook. You'll get all the full show notes and everything else, all the links to everything else. And we're going to jump into this today, folks. Uh, my daughter has a varsity dance competition today, and I'm going to do the show. I'm going to load up the family, and we're going to we're going to watch my daughter kick some tail on the dance floor today. So, all right, everybody. Like I said, uh, questions, comments, anything else you need in the notes. Otherwise, we are going to talk about building a leadership team with clear roles. And like I said, at the end of this, I'm going to share resources, and I'm going to share with you one of the uh, biggest lessons I've ever learned, and how it has changed my life and how it has changed my business in this last year. And that's gonna be at the end of this because I want you guys to watch till the end. It's uh, it's important stuff. So Ask a Painter Live, 397, building a leadership team with clear roles. 70% of employees in the US are unhappy with their jobs due to negative management, right? Um, the followers of Ask a Painter are a self-selecting bunch of people. We're master crafts people, we're business owners. And a lot of the talk on the painter forums can can be a lot of commiserate about stupid, lazy employees, right? The problem is 
if you were on the employees forum, you would find out that they talk about stupid, lazy bosses. And so here's the deal. There's not one person that's perfect. There's not one person that's pure evil. The point is, there's a lot of bad businesses out there. There's also a lot of bad employees out there. Um, the best thing you can do is have these standards in your company, be a true leader, be a true manager, and you will suss out the people very quickly. So the one thing I want you guys to do in typical Ask a Painter fashion is to own a little bit of this stuff, which is it's too easy to use lazy, stupid employees as in a crutch. And I actually don't think that that's I don't think that's a thing. Like we, we say those words and they're kind of hyperbolic, but there are millions and millions of great human beings out there. I mean, take a look at my company here. We are so blessed with uh, gathering some of the greatest human beings on earth here. And if you ever want to be inspired about what's possible, not only in the trades, but in, in the workforce, I would invite you guys to my shop to come see this stuff because they are some of the greatest people, but they need good managers. And it's likely, I've seen this in a lot of businesses, Paint businesses complain that they there's no good people out there. But meanwhile, there's good people knocking at your door and you tell them, you push them back. You're not ready for them. You don't have a pay scale. You don't have a job description. You scare these people away. So I will say this, there's lots of good people out there. I don't think our industry is ready for them if we're gonna be honest. If you haven't done any of these steps to professionalization, you're probably not ready for these people. So we need to own that. We need to work hard to do that. 70% of employees in the US are unhappy with their jobs due to negative management. Some of that's probably true. Some of that's probably false. I will tell you this, the more I look into businesses, there's a lot of bad businesses out there that don't take care of their people. So 79% of employees will quit their job due to lack of appreciation from leaders, right? And what this is, this stat is not participation trophies. They don't wanna be given raises and awards for not doing a good job. People want to be connected and appreciated. So if there is any changes in the, in the workforce, you know, because every generation looks down at the next generation and says, oh, you're stupid, you're lazy, you listen to different music, you say different words. Every generation has done that for the last 150 years, right? But if I do know what's changed with millennials and Gen Z is that they want to be connected. They want to be a part of something. They want to be part of the future of this company. They want to have input. And they, when they do something good, they want to be appreciated. So it needs to be constant. It needs to be never ending. It needs to be earned and it needs to come from you. 69% of millennials believe that there, that there is a lack of leadership development in the workplace. So what this is, is that they get this job and I, obviously the natural thing is to progress, proceed through this, make more money, have more responsibility and do better for yourself and your family. And on, if I'm being honest, when you look at most businesses, not even just painting businesses, there's not a clear path for somebody to progress through this business. And certainly in painting businesses, this does not exist, right? This does not exist. If, if, if it's you, the business owner and two of their painters, there is no leadership team. There is no path to anywhere else in this business. That's just a thing. Now you can tell people that you're going to do some things like that. You're going to tell people you can have a leadership team in the future. Most business owners don't even do that though. So really, what, what this stat is, is most people will start looking for another job if there's not a clear path to win and progress. 83% of businesses say it's important to develop leaders, right? So go back to that last stat, right? 69% of, of employees believe that there's lack of leadership development. 83% of businesses say it's important to develop leaders. So here's the deal. When the rubber hits the road, nobody's developing leaders in a very good way. So key hack to winning in this industry and other industries is have a clear path for people to win, a clear path to leadership uh, and a, and, and a metric-based way of doing all that. Only 5% of organizations have fully implemented leadership development 
programs. So again, remember, if you want to know how to win in business in 2024, 83% of all of us say that it's important to develop our leaders. 5% do it. And this echoes the stat in our industry where only 1% to 5% of paint businesses have anything more than just an owner and a part-time painter. So naturally, if you want to grow your business, you have to have a path to leadership. You have to have a path to leadership. You have to have a path to developing a leadership team. So there are 31.7 million businesses in the U.S. 25.7 billion million businesses have zero employees, just owner operator. Six million businesses have one plus employee. And there are 3.2 million construction businesses in the U.S. Just some stats for you. All businesses in the U.S., just to, I, I'm laying the ground here to show you that not every business has a leadership team, nor should it. It's actually a pretty rarefied thing, right? So 79% of, of the uh, majority of businesses are self-employed. 17% have 10 or less employees. And 2% have 10 to 19 employees, right? I would argue that only 2% of businesses, only 2% of businesses can even afford a leadership team, Right? And we're going to get into that later about how you afford a leadership team. 99% of the painting industry is either one or 1.5 people. You cannot afford a leadership team at this point, right? You may not want to do stuff. You may not be good at stuff. Too bad. You cannot afford to have other people do stuff for you at this point. You are not only the leader, you are the manager. You are also the entire workforce. And that is what it is. That's not a bad thing. If you know you own a job and you love it and it's a lifestyle business, that's great. But if you think you're going to have yourself and one part-time person and then a whole bunch of people you pay not to paint to do things in the business, you will go broke very quickly. You will go broke, right? So why is this important? Most businesses actually don't need a leadership team, right? You could argue 95 to 98% of all businesses in the U.S. don't actually need a leadership team. I would argue the biggest one is because they can't afford it or they haven't got to the point here where they have enough business to even keep them busy, give or take. Big business is hard. Not many people actually succeed. Like, look at those stats. There's only a few percentage of businesses that ever grow beyond a single owner operator. That tells you how hard it is, right? And you've all seen the attrition numbers of businesses in the industry. So are you capable of managing a leadership team? That's the biggest one, right? So just because you have the revenue to afford it, you may need to come to terms with you may not be the right person to lead and manage. You may actually be the worst person to lead and manage. Uh, and that becomes a difficult thing because you have to grow so far to, to employ another layer of management. Uh, you may be looking at a three, four, five, six million dollar business before you can employ somebody to actually manage your management team. Right. And these are all just realizations of revenue, realizations of revenue, the real things. But one thing you have to understand is that a lot of very regressive business owners like to point to employees and other people and the market and politics and the economy and recessions and inflation and things like that is why they don't succeed. If I'm being honest, when I look around and I've done this to myself, we are the problem. You are the problem. The only thing holding most people back in the residential painting industry is themselves. And that is absolutely true. It may not be true forever, but right now it is. Very few times externalities are holding people back. So you need to take ownership of that. Right. So why build a leadership team? Uh, time is valuable and it is and it is finite. Right. You want to preserve your family life. Right. You can do it all. Right. And typically the business owners are the best people at just about everything in the business. The painters, the project managers, the estimators, the coordinators. We can typically do this work better than anybody else because we created the systems. We're incentivized to do them well. Doesn't mean the other people are bad. It just means that we take a lot of pride in this and we have a lot of motivation to do it. But can you do it all well? 
right? At some point, you're going to grow a business big enough where uh, you're going to go crazy, your gas tank is going to be empty, and your family will suffer, your business suffer, and everything else. You want to build a business uh, that runs without you, an asset. Now, having a business that runs without you is kind of a fallacy, right? You're always going to be involved in it some way, but maybe you don't need to do all the minutiae in there, right? And if you want to have a, a more stable business, a more stable, predictable uh, business actually has a lot more people in it uh, that, that is less dependent on single humans that are good at their job and more dependent on a collective, a team of people that are doing their jobs. Also, if you might be better than one of your estimators at estimating, right? But you'll never be as good as two of your estimators, right? You will just physically run out of time. So a team will always beat the individual, even though the individuals may not beat you. That's an important thing. And problem solving is way easier. So think of when you have a team to bounce things off of. People have different uh, life, life experience, perspectives, all that good stuff. It's a pretty amazing thing. So having people around to collaborate is a great thing, right? They bring a lot of resources that you may not. Uh, and at this point, everybody, we got a lot of people watching on Facebook, a lot of people watching on Instagram. Do me a huge favor, everybody. And uh, on Instagram, share to your story, share to your feed, um, copy this link, comment, uh, tag other people in there. And on Facebook, share, share to your story, share to your feed and get into those painter Facebook groups and uh, share this thing right now. Do me a favor while you're watching here. Uh, it only takes a few uh, button pushes and button clicks and uh, means the world to me. So, all right. When do you need a leadership team? So your level of service to your clients drop. That's when that's when I decided uh, to uh, to start getting a leadership team. When we could do everything, but I wanted to give my clients better and more service. And the bigger my business grew, I got spread out thinner. And we could make happy clients, but I wanted to give them a real, real crazy experience. Daily mass chaos. Now, here's the thing. If you are an incompetent business owner, you don't have any systems in place by hiring more people, this will not go away. It will actually get worse. But if you, you need other people to manage some of the people with you and you can manage them, you will limit the chaos like that. But it, you need to be consistent, not extreme and all that. And the basic functions of your business are being foregone. So let's say that, um, you know, you're, you're running uh, four or five crews out there. Um, you're doing all the estimating, you're doing all the project management. You may be even taking care of the clients, but sooner or later, you're going to miss some appointments for estimates. You're going to miss some paint orders, things like that. Some of the basic functions of your business are just not being done. You have a statistically large business for your industry. That's true, right? Once you get to the top one to 10% of your industry, it's likely if you don't have a leadership team, you're going to have one very quickly. And the biggest one is it doesn't matter if you like doing things or you're good at doing things or not. If you don't have the revenue, uh, to afford a leadership team, it will not solve any of your issues. You need to have the revenue to afford a leadership team. When do you not need a leadership team? So I've heard this, I'm not good at that, so I hired it out, and you don't have the revenue to support the overhead. I would argue with or without the revenue, if you don't like something or you're not good at it and you just pay somebody else to do it, it'll likely fail. It'll likely fail. You need to also hold accountability to make sure it's getting done. Now, you may not have to actually do the task, but you definitely have to hold accountability. My leadership team will run the business without me. They will not. They will absolutely not. Nothing will get done without management. And this is not me saying that people are stupid or lazy or anything else, but somebody needs to manage people. Everybody needs a manager. I need a manager, right? And because there's nobody above me in my org chart, I have to go outside of my organization to find people to coach me and mentor me and things like that. You're unprofessionalized or you don't have the proper systems in place. 
I will tell you this, folks, if you go down my list of uh, uh, steps to professionalization and you're missing any of that stuff, the more people you add to the team, the more chaos you're going to have and the more problems you're going to have. You're not going to have less by adding more people. If you have all the basic, unsexy, mundane things in place already, then those people can actually act on it. The problem is if you just add more direct reports to yourself without any of that stuff there, you will burn out in a huge and comical way, huge and comical way. You're not good at holding people accountable. Uh, if you are not good at holding people accountable, this will not be a good thing for you. Um, you need to come to terms with you may not be capable of running a bigger business or you may need to find other people to do that, but you still need to hold people accountable. If you hire somebody who manages your people, you need to manage that human. And that is a true thing. It will never not be true. You will always have to do it. Just because I hire somebody to do my bookkeeping doesn't mean that I review it with them and look at every line item and make sure that things are being accurate, right? Problems don't get solved without management. If you want people to do stuff for you, not with you, you will fail, right? You need to think about doing this stuff with them. Doesn't mean you need to do all the tasks with them, but very few things will get done for you without management. Upfront and honest, folks. The role of your business. You got to start with your business. So number one, the role of almost any business is to maximize profits for its stakeholders. You have to do this, right? If your business isn't making money, you can't possibly take care of anybody else in it. So number one, you got to make money. But then uh, the thing that I, that's been added to that since I've been in college is, well, maintaining corporate social responsibility, which is you don't want to be a bad citizen either. The classic structure of business I derived from traction. This is, this is not unique to us. It's not even unique to traction. This is just how business works and not just the trades either. Typically, there's a visionary. There's an integrator at the top of every business. The thing is, most painting businesses, 99.9% .9 of all paint businesses cannot afford a visionary and an integrator. So we are technically that. And then, of course, there's sales marketing, there's operations, there's finance, and within that, office management, IT, HR, budgeting, uh, you know, all that other kind of stuff like that. Just because you don't have an IT department doesn't mean that IT doesn't exist. Just because you don't have an, an HR person, a human resources person, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The true, the truism of all this is that all these things need to need to happen in a real business. If your business isn't large enough to afford other humans to do it, guess what? You do it. And if you don't do it, you will you will have some problems. You will have friction. So our industry structure is typically this. You have an owner, and when people start expanding, there'll be an estimator, there'll be a project manager, and there'll be some form of admin, give or take. And these roles can take a lot of different things, and of course, technicians as well, too. But this can take a lot of um, uh, a lot of different forms in our industry, but this is typically what we find when people want to grow past two million bucks, give or take. You've got a team of estimators, team of project managers, maybe one office coordinator and a bunch of technicians. Technicians can be W2s, they can be subs, they can be a whole bunch of things like that. Now, the majority of our industry is this, right? We get the owner, project management, estimating, admin, and we're also a technician, right? Most of our industry, 99% of our industry, we, the human, you are this. You are all this. You are the owner. Somebody's got a project management. Somebody's got to contact the client, order paint and line up a crew, right? Somebody's got to do the estimates. Somebody's got to send out the invoices and do job costing and do all the admin kind of stuff. And then there also has to be painting done. So typically, this is what our industry looks like. But this is what our industry feels like, right? Typically, all of us get crushed with this sort of thing. And it's not because we're not capable. It's because none of us knew that any of this had to exist. I mean, the story of our industry is this. 
which is most of us were really good painters, master craftspeople, couldn't find a good uh, painting company that would pay us well and take care of us, give us a path to leadership. So we went off on our own and we thought we're just going to paint, but I'm just going to be the business owner now. But we didn't understand that all these things had to be done as well. So when we thought we were just going to, you know, tiptoe around the rest of our lives painting, making a whole bunch more money, we didn't realize that there's uh, probably 70% more time added to us because of all the tasks. Because now somebody's got to do the estimates, which when you work for a painting company, you don't have to do that. Somebody's got to order the paint and talk to clients, happy and unhappy. And that never had to happen when you were a W-2 painter, right? Somebody's got to do all the admin. Somebody's got to turn in payroll. Somebody's actually got to pay for payroll, whether you make money or not. That's a big thing. So that's typically what our industry feels like, right? So let's talk about clear roles. Technician, deliver on your promise, your core function. These are your painters. And I just use the word technician because that applies to all industries. So we have an apprentice. We have a craftsperson. Um, their mission, their clear deliverable is to deliver on your promise, your core function. I am a painting and restoration business. They paint and they restore. Clearly defined goals. So we talked about this in one of the first Mastering the Basics of this year. We didn't, we're not going to rehash it uh, very, very in a deep way, but here's typically how I think about clear roles in the company and uh, defined goals, which is painters uh, can fall into three buckets in my company. Uh, they can fall into a bucket where you keep your job, where they work 460 to 499 hours per quarter, uh, up to about 2,000 hours a year, and they hit 65 to 75% of their budgets, give or take. That'll keep your job. It's not going to get you fired. It's not going to get you a raise. In order to get a raise, 75% of their projects need to hit the hourly budget. They need to work 2,000 hours a year, and they need to average 500 hours a quarter. Now, they could potentially lose their job. Uh, typically, I put people on a performance improvement plan to get them there. If they miss a whole bunch of time and their budgets uh, drop below 64.9%, and that's a big thing. So every every quarter, somebody falls into one of those three buckets, and we, and we deal with that uh, as it comes. Estimator and sales, clearly defined roles, which is, my two estimators are in charge of scope and price. That's it. They're not in charge of color. They're not in charge of paint. They're not in charge of crews, anything like that. They determine what's going to be painted and what's the price for it. So if there's ever a question of, hey, a client wants to add two bedrooms uh, in their basement to paint, that's not a project manager's duty. That has to deal with what are we painting and what is the price? So we would kick that question back to the estimator on that project to do that. Now, if there's a question about schedule, schedule deals with my project management. Project management, my project managers, they do three things. They connect labor, they connect the clients, and they connect materials for profit, for profit. Management is the process of dealing or controlling things or people, right? That's just a definition uh, from Webster's, right? But my project managers, they have labor, they have client, and some paint, and they connect those three things. That is their forte, give or take. Coordination and admin. So interestingly enough, um, we were a $2 million company before we had a, an office admin. We actually got rid of the office admin job, and now we have a part-time intern doing some of the work, and all the things are getting done uh, as well, too. They support the owner, the PMs, the estimators, and the clients, basically. They fill in some of the core administration functions that aren't scope and price, that aren't labor, client, and paint, and aren't owner duties or maybe support owner duties. Administration is the process or activity of running a business, right? So technically I'm probably a business administrator, although I do have ownership as well too. A coordinator organize events or activities and to negotiate with others in order to ensure that they work together effectively. So you can call your person an administrator. Technically, if you wanna go by definitions, I am the business administrator. My office coordinator, who typically we, we just throw the word admin out, right? 
technically that's more of a coordinator position. That's why in my company, we call it the coordinator, right? Now the owner, before we get to that, let's get to some comments. we got some stuff coming through. Chris Moore, how's it going, my friend? Love Chris Moore. Brian Hepfer, Shannon Duvall, this would be helpful for you guys watching as we work on organizational development. Chris Moore is one of the finest coaches we have in our industry. Uh, if you don't know him, get a hold of him. He's a good dude. He talks about this stuff a lot, and we are simpatico with this stuff. Also see you at Expo, my friend. Kevin Hayes, I had five guys in the field and had to fire one guy, and after 10 months out of the field, that put me back in the field while replace that employee, realizing real quick that the system was too fragile. Now working on replacing the employee and building a hiring funnel to avoid this in the future and getting myself back to running the business. Yes, but Kevin, saying things you already know, just make sure that you have job description, pay scale, employee handbook, uh, uh, goal setting and review process, all that kind of boring stuff to make sure that you can hold your people accountable. So <laughs> there we go. Chris Moore, appreciate, ah, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Can't wait. Ian Serp, one of my estimators here. Good morning, my friend. Phil Klein, lots of people watching this morning. Uh, All right, folks, take a second here. God, we got a lot of people watching again. Uh, take a second to share, share to your story, share to your feed, share to those painter Facebook groups. It'd be a huge favor to me this morning. Now, the owner, the owner, right? Whether you want to or not, whether you want to or not, you are in charge of the vision. You're in charge of the integration. You own the profit and loss of the business. Whether your people make money or not, you have to make payroll, right? There's no other human in your business that has that. Lead, manage, and accountability. This is LMA. You are in charge of all of this. If you don't like this, if you're not good at it, tough shit. You are the human that creates the culture of accountability in your business. You can shy away from it, but you're going to lose your tail. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose all your people. You're in charge of marketing typically as well, too. Recruiting, onboarding, and training, HR, legal, big relationships, creativity and logic, culture, research and development. And I would argue one thing that uh, I was listening to a podcast and I heard um, I heard somebody say that the owner or the CEO or the person in charge who owns the P&L or the main person, the head person where there's no other, uh, that person is technically not a direct report to anybody but the board of directors or the owners. They should be exceptional at something. Now, you don't have to be technically exceptional at painting. You don't necessarily have to be exceptional at project management and if you or estimating. If you're not good at any of those, if you're not good at any of those, you need to be exceptional at holding those people accountable. You need to be exceptional at holding those people accountable, right? So you don't necessarily need to do every job well because we get a lot of people in this industry who have never been painters and they run great successful painting companies. But guess what? They're exceptional at management or accountability or all those basic unsexy systems, things like that. So I just want you to make sure that all these things exist and have to exist. And outside of even the job descriptions, the SOPs and all that other stuff, there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen. And guess what? It is you, whether you want to or not. You can cry about it. You can, uh, you can commiserate about it. You can say that I'm not good at it, so I'm not going to do it. But guess what? The people that I look up to in this industry, the people that do this really well, they just do this all the time. And you can see picture of my friend, uh, Jason Paris here. Uh, one of the biggest lessons, I have it all over the place. I remind myself all the time, you don't have to be extreme, just consistent. And the biggest problem with our industry is that visionaries, business owners, people like me who start businesses, we're extreme, not consistent. And it's great for starting a business, for growing, founding, scaling. The problem is once you have a big professional business like mine, you need to now switch to being consistent and not extreme. Historically, those two people are different people. 
and uh, they will not be effective in the roles. Now, until I can reach the uh, stage of business where I can afford somebody to be that super consistent integrator, I have to be that. So I've been coaching the living hell out of myself to try to make sure that I am that consistent, empathetic leader uh, that my company needs. More on that later, right? So here's some non-negotiables, right? Remember, if, it, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Every role in your company should have a clearly defined role in a playbook. In that playbook, job description, pay scale with database performance metrics, goal setting and review process, accountability, onboarding, trading SOPs. That's a playbook, right? That's a playbook. I have one uh, that I've been developing that is super rigorous for my uh, coordinator. Uh, it, is a, it is a blast to build. I love doing it, but it's like it's basically the quick reference guide for anything that human needs to know in there. So it's a, it's a pretty amazing thing. Thanks for everybody watching on IG. And holy mama, thanks for everybody watching on Facebook. We got lots of people here. So Thank you, everybody. And as always, um, uh, towards the end of this, I'm going to share uh, job descriptions for everybody in my leadership team. Uh, I'm also going to share with you one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned that have actually helped me be very successful this last year. And that'll come in a few slides here. So non-negotiables are that, the job description. You have the uh, pay scale with database performance metrics. You have a goal setting and review process. You have a standard operating procedure. You have a training process an onboarding process as well too. So all those things need to be in place for each role uh, in order for them to be successful. Now, <clears throat> I'm a follower of Traction. It helped me uh, uh, in the initial stages of professionalizing my business. And it always talks about right human, right seat, right? So number one, you have to have the right seat, an estimator. Then you have to have the right person that has the capabilities of doing that role. What I don't hear a lot of people talking about then is right system and right management. Right. Because you can just find the right the right person. Like we know we need an estimator and I found a really good estimator. But if you give them a crappy system or no system and you give them a crappy management or no management, that is a complete fail. And then typically what business owners do is look to that person and say, well, that was just a bad person. I know my seat's right. Remember, right person, right seat must have been the wrong person. The problem was if you gave them a crappy system or a non-existent system or you manage them poorly or you didn't manage them at all. It didn't matter. You may have had an ideal person in there and it was never going to work out. So GWC, get it, want it, capacity for it, right? Do they get it? And this is how you decide if the right person is in the right seat. Get it. Deep, meaningful understanding of the seat. Do they understand? Does an estimator understand that they are in charge of what are we painting and what is the price and how to overcome objections, what the client really needs, what our value proposition is, how the process works, everything like that. Do they want it? Can they bring their whole self to the job each day? Do they have the energy? Do they have the pace for it, right? There's some people that may understand the role. They may get it. They may not have the pace for it. They may not have the wherewithal for it. Do they have the capacity? Do they have the mental, emotional, physical, and time capacity to do the job and do it well? GWC, do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity for it? Those are three great questions to ask yourself about having the right human in your business in the right seat. Now, compensation plans too. This is where uh, a lot of business owners do horrible things, right? <clears throat> the worst thing you can do is have misaligned or disaligned incentives for your people. Uh, one thing that I pride our business on is all of our incentives are aligned on performance and profitability, right? There's nobody in my business who wins monetarily at the expense of other people, right? If we if all the systems are worked properly and everybody does their core function well, we all win in a big way. If one person does not, it, the team is going to suffer and there's healthy peer pressure and competition within that. So when you think about the four-legged table, right? Estimating, they have to do scope and price well. 
They have to do scope and price well. The owner has to facilitate all the functions of the business, make sure payroll is there, HR, legal, all this stuff, and holding people accountable. <clears throat> Production needs to make sure that the client, the labor, and the paint is all connected in the most profitable way. And craftspeople. Um, you need to, uh, the, your craftspeople are going to follow your SOPs, deliver on the core functions, show up for work, and uh, perform at a very high level. Uh, we have a question from Instagram. John J. Poole, do your employees have health insurance? Yes, they do. I pride myself. I think for three or four years now, I've offered uh, health insurance to my people. Gold standard, world-class health insurance, the real stuff, not just, you know, Aflac, catastrophic sort of stuff. Uh, I offer my people real stuff. Uh, we have PTO, we have health insurance, we have retirement, we have a four-day work week, uh, we have paid lunches, we got a whole bunch of stuff like that, social events and whatnot. So yeah, pride myself in that stuff, taking care of your people, right? Leadership and management lessons learned. So true managers are actually rare, right? <clears throat> I will tell you this. You take your most senior painter and turn them into a production manager, and that typically fails. Not because they're a bad person. Uh, number one, because there's typically no training, uh, no onboarding, uh, no management, no accountability. But you also have to understand that personalities between technicians, managers, and leaders are very different, right? Uh, what makes somebody a good painter may not make them a good manager of humans or, or somebody on your leadership team. So we throw the words and titles manager around a lot. If you've been here a while, now you're a manager, or if you're a little senior than the other person, you're a manager. You need to be very careful with this word. A true manager is an amazing human. They're proactive, they're not reactive, they're good at accountability, they see patterns, they take care of things before they need to be taken care of. They take care of things in a consistent, not extreme way. They lead with empathy. They assume positive intent uh, and they are mildly inspirational, right? There's not many humans that are actually that. I'm going to be very honest with you. There are not many humans who are actually good managers, right? Just because somebody has three direct reports doesn't even mean they're managing them well, right? Doesn't even mean they're managing them well. True managers are just rare just rare. Lead with empathy. So a one thing that I had to get over long ago was a lot of being a business owner doesn't feel fair. You feel alone all the time. Uh, people are, uh, you know, a, a coffee table got scratched. You had to pay for it, but you also had to pay that employee. And if you get angry with that employee, then they get angry with you and they'll leave. And that doesn't create a great business. So a lot of things don't feel fair, but you're a big boy. You own the business. You're going to have to lead with a little more empathy than what is deserved right? You need to be inspirational. You need to be empathetic. And um, I, th this is one of the hardest things to get over, honestly, because all you're doing is seeing things that should be done. They may not be getting done. And it takes a constant effort from you to manage and inspire and lead with empathy to get these things done. And a lot of the times business owners have a way of thinking, well, wh I've taught you how to do this. We've gone through it so many times. Why can't it just happen forever now? That doesn't happen right? That's not humans. Doesn't mean they're good. Doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that very few things happen all the time automatically without your management of them. So one thing that was hard to get over with, but now I fully love and envelop um, this role is that leading with empathy. Uh, API. I learned this from one of my favorite um, high school, uh, excuse me, uh, elementary school principals here in New Prague. He's a, he's a guy that I tap for information all the time. Inspirational dude. I said, how the hell you must get parents calling you every day with wild stuff. I mean, you have all their precious little babies in your school. You must get wild requests, complaints, things like that. And he's like, listen, man, the thing that I do with my job, it's, it's easy to get spicy with people, right? And start pushing back. But when people lead with emotions, you're not going to unseat them from those emotions. So what his strategy was a thing called API, 
assume positive intent, right? If somebody's angry at you, somebody's not doing what they're supposed to, first assume that they have a positive intention, that they mean to do well. If you start with that assumption, then you can lead with empathy and get to the get to the root of it and do it. If you lead with pessimism, if you if you believe that everybody has a negative intent, uh, people can sniff that on you as a leader, and that creates a horrible culture in your business, right? Goals. You got to have some low and high goals, right? Uh, you got to coach people through those goals. You got to give them a spectrum. Remember, just like my painters fall into three buckets, you got to give them that spectrum in there to show them where they land. Violations, right? There's a lot of times where I, I get a lot of questions from people about this employee isn't doing this. What should I, how should I punish them? How should I do something to them? Well, for me, there's a decision tree, right? And the first two things on the decision tree are, is it a technical violation or is it a core value violation, right? If it's a technical violation, if somebody, if somebody used the wrong brush when they're cutting in walls there, did they mean negative intent? Did they mean ill will? Is it a personal attack on you or is it just a simple technical violation or oversight? For a technical violation, for somebody who does share your core values, I like soft mentoring, teaching, um, the approach of Doragi, uh, demonstrate, observe, redemonstrate. Doragi is a teaching technique, right? Now for a core value violation, if somebody steals from your business or uh, um, shows up late all the time with ill intent, now you need to be stern, you need, need to be direct and you need to um, uh, set the proper expectations. This is where a hard, hard line manager comes in, where if somebody does something, if somebody doesn't operate one of your vans properly, or somebody is stealing from the company, if they do something criminal, you fire them right away. But if somebody is doing something that goes against the core values of the company, um, you know, maybe not being a quiet professional on site, you need to be a stern manager. You need to say, listen, you know, I appreciate you, but that is completely unacceptable and it can never happen again. If it does happen again, I'll probably have to fire you from this company. Now, again, you understand how much I appreciate you. I love doing this with you. You do amazing work, but we need to come to the terms that that can never happen again. I'm here to support you. If you need anything, I'm here for you. If you have any questions about this, let me know. But I think we're on the same page with that, right? I'll check in tomorrow and see how you're doing. That's what a professional manager would do in a situation like that, right? If you get heated, they're going to get heated and it's not going to be a good culture in the company. So problem solving, leadership and management. You can solve problems with money or with effort. Effort will get you through the dead zones when you're growing your business like this. So Jay Painting. Don't let age uh, define how you select managers. Some of the best managers can be your new hires. Focus on your core values and hold all people accountable the same way and your rock stars will stick out. That is great advice. That is absolutely great advice. I absolutely love that. Thank you for that. Uh, overhead. Hiring a new overhead position should bring immediate and tangible benefit. That's my that's my opinion, right? I've seen people grow businesses where they hire an entire leadership team and then they race to fill in the revenue around it. That's a pretty risky way of doing that. Not many people have the personality to handle that. What I did was I assumed all the roles and I assumed them probably a little longer than I should have. So when I hired somebody, there's an immediate benefit to that. This is one of the things I learned from the Women in Paint conference and the commercial conference a little while ago. There was one of the greatest keynote speakers I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he's actually going to be at Expo, which we'll talk about later. The takeaway of his entire talk was you need to tell people you appreciate them before you need them desperately or before you're afraid of losing them, right? I have a, I have a weekly rhythm where I think about my people every week. And typically what I'll do is pick one morning in the quiet of this office and I'll think about how much these people appreciate me 
I'll ideate on it for a while and I'll send them each a personal message through our Slack, telling them some specific way that I appreciate them, something they do well, how I appreciate them, um, my gratitude towards them, right? And it's my way of connecting with them. It's my way of, I have so much gratitude for the humans around me. And typically what you'll find is that people don't automatically know that that gratitude exists or how grateful you are for them until you take them, until you, uh, until you tell them. So the most important thing I can tell you guys is in your personal and professional life, set aside some time on a regular basis to tell people you appreciate them before you desperately need them, before they decide to lead your company, before they decide to leave you, before they decide to leave their earth. Set some time aside and start showing your gratitude for people. Seriously, it's uh, it's been a great lesson to me to actually be intentional about my gratitude towards others. Uh, telling somebody you're grateful for them uh, and appreciate them is one of the kindest things you can do. And there's almost no humans who do that ever. I mean, go back to go back to the initial slide of this here, right? You remember this, I'm gonna skip through a whole bunch of slides here. Go back to one of the data uh, slides that I have. Um, one of the initial bits of data I have was, <laughs> 79% of employees will quit their job due to lack of appreciation from leaders, right? Leaders, we appreciate the living hell out of people, but we don't tell them. We have a pay scale in our head. We know what they're capable of, but we never tell them or show them. We have a vision for our business and we never share it, right? This is a huge fault in leaders, huge fault in leaders, right? All right, so let's get back down to the other slides here, but personal advice from me to you guys and a lesson that I learned um, in a very intentional way is that you just gotta be out in front of telling people you appreciate them. This is a thing I'm gonna share for you as well too. This is a thing that I reference all the time, which is how do you decide who's the right people in your company, right? To me, there's a thing called above the line, below the line. The right person you trust is above the line. The wrong person you distrust is below the line. Every This is how I decide who the right people are in my business. Every conversation you have typically divides along two lines. That person takes ownership, accountability, and responsibility, or that person will blame, excuse, and deny. So think about an employee who is perpetually late, right? Somebody who's just seven minutes late every day, just can't get it together. When you talk to that person and you say, hey, uh, Emily, listen, I've just noticed a pattern. You're late all the time. You know how much I appreciate you. You do amazing work. You take care of our clients. We love working with you. The problem is you're late all the time and we're losing trust with the clients with that. Is there anything you need from me to take better ownership of that? Is there anything you need of me to get you on time there? Is there anything I can support you in? Because you know how much I appreciate you. And that person's response will fall along the two lines. They'll either take ownership or they will blame. Typically, here's the two conversations. That employee, Emily, will say, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm dealing with a health issue at home right now. I'm really trying to stay on it, but it's just, it's a little bit of friction in the morning. I'm so sorry. I'll do better in the future. I can't promise it's always going to go away, but uh, if you're here to work with me, I think I would like that support. Or they'll say, listen, I don't know what you want from me. Things just happen. I do my best, but you know what? My alarm clock doesn't go out. My phone's not charged. Uh, my car won't start. Uh, the gas isn't there. I just couldn't find what I need. I don't know what you want from me, man, but it's like that. Nah. Or sometimes people will say, I'm not late. And then you're like, oh, that's curious because I watch your punch in and we geocache them every day and you're seven minutes late getting to the job site. The next conversation you have 
if they take ownership again, you know that this is probably the right person, but maybe they're just going through a rough patch in their life. Maybe this is just a, a tiny little fault they have, but they share your core values. The people, if people constantly blame, excuse, deny, they do not share your core values and you should not employ them. doesn't matter how much painting work you need done. You need to exit these humans as quickly as you can from your company. They don't do you a favor and they bum the living hell out of your other people. One-on-ones. All right, here we go. Uh, Brandon Zimmerman, thank you for that. Uh, Oscar, uh, one of our apprentices left after the second day of training due to a bad due to a better opportunity made me realize to improve our onboarding. Also, I would I always see those Oscar as if somebody's willing to jump ship on on the second day of training, they're not a core value match. They're not a core value match at all. Uh, that is a that is a very good thing that happened to your company. That person likely would not fit into your company at all and probably give you problems later on. So Jeff Crispin, how do you handle painters that start out well, but then slack off with production? What can I do to fix this? Or what am I doing that wrong? So here's the deal. You need to have a pay scale that incentivizes on production. So in my company, um, we basically will have people fall into three buckets, which is this takes a lot of management, but it takes a lot of processes written down and it takes you to manage the processes. People fall into three buckets with their attendance and job performance, which is if they perform low enough or don't show up to enough work, I put them on a performance improvement plan. I typically say this needs to improve in a week. Otherwise, I can't employ you. And either they improve it or they don't. They fall into a scale where you're going to keep your job. We're going to work to improve on you, but you're not getting a raise. Or if you perform well, perform well enough and show up for enough work, we'll give you a raise. And it's those three things. It's those three buckets. It's that three bits of data. And it has everything to do with them, not you. Because the problem is, Jeff, and I'll say this as respectfully as possible, but if you don't have the data, you don't know if they're slacking off or not. That's just an opinion and a feeling. Now, if you job cost and you track revenue per hour and you have an hourly job budget and they keep missing it and there's keep getting callbacks, that might even be a sign that they're doing things right as well. You just don't have a training process, onboarding process, standard operating procedure, or the right coaching or management for them uh, in order to do that. There's a lot of things. As business owners, we need to take ownership of the fact that if you say my painters are slacking off, there's not enough production, I will start a ton of ways back and say, show me the job description, show me the pay scale, show me the goal setting and review process, show me your employee manual, show me your onboarding, show me your training, and show me your day-to-day -day interactions. If you do all of these things really well and that's airtight, you may actually have a bad employee on your hands, but you'll never know unless those things are in place and you're operating them on a very high uh, thing, connecting with them all the time. <laughs> Jorge, I do not share my slides here, but my email address is literally in the um, uh, show post here, and I'm going to have it on a slide later. And I have a couple of resources I'm going to share for you here. Keith Murphy, great points all across the board. Thank you much. Yeah, these are so the one things I like are universal truths. Uh, he's saying thanks for the universal truths. What I like are things that are absolutely universal and go across all business, not just painting businesses. And uh, I get a lot of uh, fun out of that. Now, let's say you have a leadership team in place. These people aren't going to do things automatically forever. Nobody does. We don't either. It doesn't even mean they're bad people. It just means it doesn't happen. Um, the way that you can empathize, inspire, and create accountability all in the same thing are weekly one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, we're falling into a rhythm of weekly or bi-weekly one-on-one meetings with my leadership team. And yes, it's there to hold uh, people accountable to the numbers, but really it's more to connect and empathize and just listen, right? So think about all the estimates you go on, which are, you know, 
I'm going to need to define this scope pretty tightly and I'm going to have to have some prices there. But if you just focus on paint and what we're painting and the price of that painting, you're going to miss the entire human connection. So my one-on-ones are really a way of connecting, having an accountability system, but it's an empathetic accountability system. And I love my one-on-ones. I look forward to them every week. We connect um, and we have great discussions about uh, jobs and life and everything else. Leadership team meetings. So for the last six years, I've had leadership team meetings where we go through numbers and goals and we follow a SWOT analysis and we do all that. And for this year, I am very happy to say we're not going to have any leadership team meetings. Um, these are all be- have become redundant and we take care of everything either in person, in the office, on a micro level or during our one on ones. And these leadership team meetings where we gather the entire team in one boardroom and do something have become a little redundant and I'm open to having them in the future. But what we've done instead is I'm having a leadership uh, meal or lunch or breakfast or some sort of get together every week for an hour where we can connect on more of a personal basis because my people are amazing at their jobs. They're really good. They're good at accountability. I don't think we need to go through all these crazy little numbers and things like that because we're actually doing them in a whole bunch of other places throughout the rest of the year. So this will be the first year uh, since I've had a leadership team that we're not going to have these standard, strict, rigid boardroom meetings all the time. So here's that thing I was talking about, the biggest lesson I've learned. And honestly, the thing that um, where all businesses fail, not just painting businesses. But when I look at the industry, people think, well, marketing is the problem or sales is the problem or the painting or the coatings or the primer is the problem. It's none of that crap. Even if you're a single owner operator, businesses fail with management. And I want you guys to take away, if nothing else, if nothing else, I want you guys to take away this, which is there is a huge difference between technicians between managers and between leaders, right? Huge, 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 huge. It doesn't mean they're good. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just is. There are people that can cross these borders. There's not many of them, right? It takes a very particular personality, right? Where most businesses fail is management, not in the technical side of painting and not even in the vision side, the owner side. It's everything that happens in the middle. So take a look at this slide. You have the owner and the leader and you have the technicians. And remember, way at the start of this presentation, most of us started businesses because we couldn't find a good company to work for. So we ended up by default becoming the owner. We are also the painter. And then we we do some of this stuff, but there's no management in between. So honestly, if I could wave the magic wand over every single one of the paint businesses in the United States, I would have them do better day-to-day management of their business. Not vision. People don't have a problem saying where they want to be in one, three, five, ten 10 years. People don't even have a problem painting. It's that day-to-day management. Can you get people to work a full-time job, to do it to the standard consistently over and over and over again? And that's an exhausting effort that nobody wants to do that statistically our industry isn't capable of, but we have to do. Honestly, that is the thing I wish. I wish upon my uh, uh, this entire thing. So it takes leader and inspiration plus management, accountability, plus technicians, craft excellence, and that equals fun and profit. Management is not humans. It is actions. Please, like, take nothing else away than that. Management is actions, not humans. You can have people in those seats, but if they don't take action, you have no management. You're paying a lot of people to do a lot of things, and you're not getting anything out of it, right? Scott McDowell, hey, I'm wrapping my head around a strategy for the exterior season this year. 
relative to help. Looking for a low overhead approach to this year without doing everything solo. Work is on the books and leads still coming in. Leaning towards a trade partner approach. Is it possible versus W9 route? What is your opinion and recommendations? Seasonal state? Uh, well, so the easiest thing, Scott McDowell, with not out knowing anything else, is you estimating, you project management, and having a whole bunch of subcontractors and running those crews, give or take. That's the easiest thing. Jay Painting, the E-Myth. That's right. A lot of these things are covered in the E-Myth. Todd Hill, do you have bilingual painters or do you have a training set up for English, Spanish? No, we do not. Um, we have one painter who's bilingual, but we don't do any bilingual training, give or take. Um, <laughs> Brian Hepfer, I need to, to leave. Uh, I'll finish the video. I'm not a manager at the moment. I'm a salesperson. I'm a salesman. And I know it's an excuse, but I feel trapped. Listen, man, uh, here, my email address is coming up. It's also in the show notes here. Brian, we can talk anytime you want. That is the story of our industry, which is we are some of those things. We're typically good business owners and we're good painters and nothing in between. And that trap feeling you have is, is probably the realization that all this stuff has to happen, that you don't want to do it, but it still has to happen. And everything between where you're standing now and where you want to go is the execution of that thing you don't want to do. I've been there uh, and uh, I've gone through it. I've come out the other side a better human and I'm happy to help. Great breakdown of technician, manager, and leader. Yeah. So this is that thing I wanted to impress upon you guys, which is the biggest lesson I've learned. The way that we have had the most stable team, the most profitable team, the most fun team I've ever had is management. It's not extreme. It's consistent. Management is actions, not humans. Over and over and over again. Management is actions, not humans. I should put that on a loop for 45 minutes and everybody just listen to that. It is you taking action. It's not you hiring a human. Nothing will automatically get done, right? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Humans move towards entropy. Entropy is chaos. All humans and systems need a manager and accountability, including us. I have one, two, three, four, five humans that coach, mentor, and hold me accountable to the things I want to account. And those are just the main ones. We have a whole bunch of informal ancillary ones that we do too here. So. Now, here we go. Here's my email address. If you email me, nick at nickslavic.com, I will send you my coordinator job description, estimator job description, project manager job description, and my above the line, below the line sheet. So you can try to figure out who are the right people, right seat for all your people. Ronnie, my good friend, uh, who's in uh, the Middle East right now, but from Brazil, Bonjia. He's watching on IG this morning. Uh, thank you, my friend. Hope to come to Brazil in the next couple of years again. Uh, I miss that place. Um, <clears throat> all right, folks. Thank you for this. We have tons of people watching on IG and Facebook, uh, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, all over the place. Right now, kindest thing you can do for me is to share this. Put it in your story, put it in your feed, get it into the Painter Facebook groups, tag me all over, tag other people, get other people watching. Um, I, When I came across resources like this years ago, it, it legitimately changed my life. And uh, I want other people to have this. I am not a coach, I am not a mentor. I don't have anything to sell you. If you email me, I'm gonna send you things that I've learned in the hopes that you can forgo some of the pain and suffering I did in growing a leadership team. It's been one of the most painful, exhilarating, beautiful, wonderful things I've ever done is, is learning how to work with and around the humans in my business. And I absolutely love it. So uh, the last thing I will say for everybody here is I give all these resources away for free. All I ask for is a couple of reviews on Facebook and Google. A lot of you have already done that. And you're asking for what can I do else? You can come to the expo with me. That would be the kindest thing. This is the Super Bowl. If you like any of this discussion here, there's going to be 
a hundred different presenters that are going to present things way better than this at Expo. You're going to meet some of the greatest humans on earth. All the things that I've shown you that I've learned here, I have learned from people I've met at Expo. So I will tell you this. It's a lot of time off work. It's a, it's about uh, it's less than a week, uh, but it's a week long event. Uh, you you're going to have to find a hotel airfare if you're not in the Orlando area and you're going to have to pay to register. But I can guarantee you, your business will be different. You as a human will be different at the end of this year if you come to Expo. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you, you will be better off by coming to Expo. If you go to Expo and you're not better off, you can personally email me and I will help and we'll figure out why. But do me the biggest favor, folks. The PCA is a 140-year-old nonprofit. I happen to be the board chair at the moment. Um, I am volunteering and giving my time to this because it has been so meaningful to me. Everything you guys appreciate about Ask a Painter and about Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration, and maybe even me personally, about doing this for free, I would not be here without the PCA, the Painting Contractors Association. I would not know any of you without the PCA. I would not be connected to all these beautiful humans. I would not have the business I have without the PCA. I am giving a mini keynote at this PCA like I did last year. And I'm going to tell you how my life changed this last year because of people in the PCA. So I will tell you guys this, please. You guys all want to give back. You all want to better the industry. You're all servant leaders. You want to do better for your families, yourself, your business. Join me at the expo, folks. I'm not kidding you here. I'm not kidding you. I haven't missed one in seven years and my life is completely different. I think of life before Expo and after Expo. The humans you meet will change your life. It's not going to be an understatement. So I appreciate you guys. Chris Moore, can't wait to see a lot of the guys at the Expo. I'm going to be uh, the best one yet. If you're on the fence, get your tickets and book your flights. Do it now because there's discounted hotel rates. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. There's even scholarships to attend. You got to contact the PCA for those. Um, and honestly, folks, I will be there. This is my Super Bowl. I love this. Um, there will be parties in the evenings. There will be conversations in the hallways. There's going to be world-class training. Gosh darn it, folks. I can't wait to see all you at Expo. So, all right. Take care of your people. Build those businesses. Take care of your families. And get involved in this industry, folks. Uh, I appreciate you. And now it's time to go support my daughter and dance. So, like, share, follow. You know the whole deal. Appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of the weekend. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.